What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review and nerdum pop culture podcast, better known as 3FN. Of course, as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich. And joining me, as they do each and every week, the nerds are all here this week again, once again, folks. Firstly, he is the man that just this past week was lucky enough to purchase all those sold stocks from WWE. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. But, you know, what? it just basically says that right to censor one back in the day, and now they're switching back to... That's true. They're they're on TV fourteen. As soon as you bought the things, yeah. so you were yeah, responsible for TV right, fourteen. Got rid of right to censor, man. They, they no won back in the day. No more PG era TV fourteen. Yeah, we're back. We're back. There you go. Beautiful job, Ron. You're doing the Lord's work. I'm trying. Of course, the other person in the room. He doesn't need an introduction. Yet he has the longest introduction on all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. It's Diesel. I am the singing crawfish. <laughs> yeah, you were. You definitely were the singing. I mean, you were definitely the life of that party. Oh. By the way, what he's alluding to is today in the second half of the show, for the 3FN Movie Club review, we will be reviewing Where the Crawdads Sing. That's right. That's right. Don't adjust those dials. Don't don't adjust anything. We are a movie review podcast. Yes, we are elder millennials and one Gen Xer. Yes. We're not always PC, and we are definitely always vulgar. But we went to see where the crawdads <laughs> sing. And we are going to talk all about that in the second half of this show. To be fair, we did get the women's perspective because we took my wife. Yes. To be fair. I just I want to let that know up front. And we got old Alabama switcherooed on this movie. Uh, we'll talk about that in the second half of this show for all of you <laughs> folks at home. Uh, but that being said, before we go any further... We got a big announcement too, but I'm going to get into after. But before we go any further, Ron, how has been your week? The week was all right. Uh, we had our Wednesday group uh, where we are working through the Critical Role campaign. I forget the name of it. I'm sorry, I'm bad at this game. But basically, I like I said before, I made my ranger and I took the sharpshooter feat. So basically, if you, you know what sharpshooter feat is, it'd be minus ten to your rolls, but you get or minus five to your rolls, but you get plus ten damage. So basically, we're kicking indoors. I'm just like, yep, bink, shooting people across the wall, killing them in one shot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, just knocking people out. And, like, and then the other 50% of the time, I'm just missing. <laughs> so it's just like, which way do you want to go? But we did the first major arc. We're working on it. We'll see how it goes. We got the warlock back that we were supposed to find. And so, you know, it's very slow-paced. But right now, everything seems to be going all right. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, my Friday group did meet. Uh, once again, one room. Three hours later, because it's Tomb of Annihilation, and they triggered every trap possible, and we lost another character. <laughs> R.I.P. So, we'll see how it goes. I, I like that in your Wednesday group, you're essentially Michael J. Fox with the golden gun. Yes, pretty much. But in your Friday group, man, you're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we lost uh, Kayla's character, uh, Oriana, because uh, she jumped into the room to see what the noise of the opening doors was. And ten skeleton minotaurs came out and slaughtered her. 
I need to get that sound bit of just the Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) Just because I feel like every time we talk about the Friday group, there's a Leroy Jenkins moment. Well, the funny part is they, the other two, the wizard and uh, the, the rogue went or druid went in and hit, hit the maze and they got teleported into the maze to figure out, to find the keys to come out. The wizard found the right key that basically won the, the round. Yep. He found the key, put it into the sarcophagus, turned it, and he w- he is immune to bludgeoning, slashing, or slashing, piercing damage. And since there's ten skeletons, minotaur skeletons with great axes, it's all slashing damage. He takes no damage. So he's just like, okay, whatever. Pop, pop, pop. But so the wizard's running around, wins the room. I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> the one out of the eight choices there, you get the one. Nice. So, that's that. That's what happened there. Pretty good, pretty good. Diesel, how has been your week? It was a pretty quiet week. We, uh, I got to play Magic this weekend again, what? so two weekends in a row, so that was always fun. I uh, did a little bit of work here at Dragon Master Games, and then Sunday had a family dinner. My uh, father and stepmother are getting ready for a cruise, so Ooh. I had to help them print out their boarding passes. They haven't printed out anything on their printer since the last time they took a cruise, so... 2019. Yeah, it, it, it took a while to get the printer working, but we got there. Um, and then, yeah, pretty quiet weekend. Thankfully, we worked in businesses where we've had to shake the shit out of light on fire or <laughs> lick the actual print cartridge to get shit to work. Yes. So we know how it works, Diesel. Good job. Good job on saving your folks. Uh, for me, I'm just going to throw it out there. I uh, On Friday, I went, or, well, Thursday, we went to the movies together, of course, to see where the Crawdads sing uh, as, as a group. Uh, Friday, I went to, up to Vernon Downs, to the Vernon Downs Casino, to have a meeting for Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Of course, I do the event manager stuff there. Uh, the two promoters, the people who actually pay for it, were there. And I got to see the venue and uh, see the vision and everything that's going on there. So that's pretty awesome. Make sure, uh, if you would like to join, August 26th and 27th, Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. Uh, SciFiHorrorFest.com. It is $15 for one day. It is a $20 for both day pass, so Friday and Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a ton of vendors. It's all sold out there. Uh, celebrities, Richard Mouser is going to be there. CJ Graham is going to be there. Uh, David Howard Thor is going to be there. A bunch of other celebrities and uh, pseudo-celebrities and all sorts of crazy stuff. It's going to be a fun time. I'm just going to say that. It's a good family thing. It's the first year there, so it's kind of scaled a little back. Uh, hopefully, it does well enough to, to go out and we can keep bringing in more and more people. So that's pretty cool. Uh, on top of that, like it's uh, pretty much the weekend I went up to Syracuse with the family. Went up to a Syracuse Mets baseball game. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then after that, it kind of just hung out and was lazy on Saturday, Sunday other than doing housework and laundry. So that's, that's kind of like uh, what I get doing. Yeah, I had to fix my bed on Sunday. Ah, <laughs> right in the bed. It happened. Uh, but then, you know, hey, there we are. Hopefully everybody at home had a great week as well. This is normally where I do the opening plugs, but we're going to do the opening plugs slightly different this week because... I had, re- uh, I had made reference before that we were going to do kind of like a rebrand. Not, not, it's not, you know, there's nothing's going to change. We're still that movie. You know, we finally seeded into where we are in life. We are a movie review podcast where we talk about nerd news. That's why the opening kind of sounded weird because I'm trying some new things out in the open because of what we're doing. But at the same time, we have done a good job for a while of, you know, as the Three Fat Nerds podcast. And since day one, we've called ourselves 3FN. There's a whole fucking reason for it is because you could shorten it. Right? And it's pretty easy. The number three, FN. So, recently I was like, man, you know what? Let's just shorten it and make it easy for everybody. We had 8122productions.com, which if you still go to 8122productions.com, it's still you still get there. 
But I decided, hey, let me buy another name for it. So now that kind of it, Horror Zone is kind of in a limbo, and we're really, and I, we do still do 607 TWS every week, live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Make sure you're following us there. Myself and Kenan from the ODPH, talking all things pro wrestling. Also available anywhere you get great podcasts by 607 TWS. You can still find the links there on the website. I just decided to change the website to 3fnpodcast.com. So from now on, for all information about the 3Fat Nerds podcast, 3fnpodcast.com. So it's the number 3fnpodcast.com. Diesel, would you like to practice for later? Go ahead. H-T-T-P colon backslash backslash www.3fnpodcast.com Oh, that's going to be a clusterfuck later. I know. That's the best part about it. So you got a good practice to get in there. Hopefully you can do it later. I, I sprung it on him on the last minute just because I thought it was going to be funny. Yeah. For myself and Ron's humor for the most part. And hopefully the users at home that have been listening to the show for a while, you understand that our humor in this. But he anyways, really was struggling. He was. He really was. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, also, if you go to Facebook, you can type in 3FN Podcast. You can type in 3FatNerds uh, Podcast. No matter what, like and share the page. That's been that way for a long time now. Uh, Twitter, we changed the handle. So the channel is no longer at 3FatNerds Pod. It is now at 3FN Podcast. TikTok is also at 3FN Podcast. And for some ungodly reason, I know back in the day when Ron originally got it, he was trying to get this and he couldn't, and I still couldn't get it now. So on Instagram, is the only one that's a little different. It's at 3FN Pod because we couldn't get it. And of course, hashtag 3FN Pod for everything is still the thing. So that's all we've done. We're just kind of shortening everything down to 3FN Podcast, saying what we do and who we are, and focusing more on that. I'm assuming we're finally getting. Yeah, the re-up. Some, uh, some snacks in the store. So if you heard rumblings, that is actually <laughs> the owners of the store getting us snacks. <laughs> we, that's what we work for around here. Anyways, with that being said, so 3FNpodcast.com. Go there. Have some fun. And I'll be re- revamping the site over. So it still looks the same right now because I did not have time to revamp it. I was doing family stuff. So over the next months and stuff, it's going to change. We're going to add things, but the, the name has now changed. So 3FNpodcast.com. To get all that great information, Patreon link is there. Oh, by the way, Patreon now has changed as well. If you would like to join Patreon for as little as $1 a month, it is now patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, right, folks? I like it. Once again, if you forget any of those, they'll be in the liner notes for this show, which I do have to change all the hyperlinks. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, so there you guys go. Now, with all that being said, we do have a little bit to talk about this week. So let's get right into the nerd news portion of the show. It's time to talk that nerd news. Come on, Diesel. Bing, bang, boom, go. Bing, bang, boom. There it is. That's a little more nerdy when we had the fing, fang, boom. <laughs> All right, so we have one piece of business we're going to talk about before we start kind of having a little, I wouldn't say full-on preview, but talking about San Diego Comic-Con, okay? And that is, this past week, we got the first trailer for The Monsters. Rob Zombie's The Monsters has got a trailer. We also now know it's coming out in September on Netflix. Uh, so let's table it around. Starting with Ron, how did you feel about The Monsters trailer? It's... It is what it is. I mean, I'll watch it just to see, but I have no hope for this thing. It looks horrible. Diesel? I will disagree with you. It does not look horrible. Visually, it looks stunning. The content of what we are showing in the trailer, plot-wise and story-driven, and even some of the acting, that's where it gets horrible. But visually, it looks great. They they should have just kept it black and white. I, I I would disagree with that. I think visually this looks stunning. I think we found the 
the next old version of Tim Burton. No, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Like, True. Visually, he's doing a great job with, I think, the everything for the look of it looks great. But the substance behind it, I think, is atrocious. I think it would have been better if it was in black and white. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not it. even going to lie, because yeah, that's, that's the original show. I don't know. I, I I had no faith in it. Then I had some hope in it. And now I'm back to like the no faith in it. I'm still going to watch and check it out. But yeah, I wasn't a fan. I don't, and the internet also not a fan of the trailer. So, But once again, we'll see when it hits Netflix in September if, if, if it's worthwhile. Are you more excited for the Barbie movie or the Monsters? Oh, the Monsters. But I'm actually more excited if we're talking about Netflix in September for Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah. by the way, the Monsters and the Addams Family back on Netflix in September. Mm-hmm. But uh, give me Jenna Ortega or give me Death, because she's been amazing. And no, dude, she might be she might be my favorite actress of the year because she's been in so many good things this year. Yeah, she's definitely made and she's definitely made a, a scream queen scream queen career right now. Say so that uh, ten times fast. I can't. That's why I messed it up already. But like, let's go. Like I, I give her all the all the roles. Absolutely. Well, now we're going to talk about San Diego Comic-Con. Of course, this starts this upcoming Wednesday, which will be July 20th, and it runs through this upcoming Sunday. So, it's back. Finally, it is normal time, for the most part. It's actually later in the month. It's usually the first weekend after uh, the 4th of July, but obviously they pushed it back. It's still in July. It's still going to be actually back in the center. We're still going to have Hall H, finally, after 2019. It's been gone other than online since 2019. We're finally going to get a full-on San Diego Comic-Con, so I know we're all excited about that. We are not going to be giving you a full preview of everything going on at San Diego Comic-Con. Some of the stuff you'll be seeing on the internet and YouTube, keep your eyes posted on San Diego Comic-Con website uh, website, uh, for news. Of course, follow everybody on Twitter, because I'm sure people will be uh, uh, sharing things they shouldn't be, but that's fine. Uh, but we are going to talk about some highlights as far as we're concerned of San Diego Comic-Con coming in. Next week on this show, we will be covering all the big news and everything coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. Are you guys ready to talk some Comic-Con? The first piece of business and the first thing in Hall H that I can see that is uh, up our alley, and it is in the realm of Ron, is Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves will take place at noon Pacific time in Hall H. Uh, what it is, and I'm reading the description right from their website, the cast of filmmakers of Paramount's upcoming Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves will descend upon Hall H on Thursday afternoon to give panel attendees their first look at the live-action fantasy adventure epic based on the iconic role-playing game. In addition to revealing more about Honor Among Thieves ahead of its March 3rd, 2023 release, Paramount Pictures and production partner E1 are also hosting a Dungeons & Dragons-themed tavern experience that as of now may only be accessible by waiting in the standby line. How are you feeling about uh, finally getting a big budget movie from Paramount for Dungeons & Dragons? It's fine. I mean, it, they, the last ones were okay. They weren't great. Uh, the third one that was straight to sci-fi was actually probably the better one of them all uh, because it, that was actually pretty decent. Mm. Uh, it's We got to take it as a grain of salt because it just depends what they do if they're actually using characters and actually following the storylines, which... You know, given the history of everything else, I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, it, if it's something new, that's fine too. It's Dungeons and Dragons. I'll watch it. It's fantasy, of course. Some people are going to watch it just because of that, and just see if they can, you know, top it. I mean, there's not much more you can do with it. Absolutely, Diesel. Do you have a take on uh, this first one that we're bringing up here? 
coming in weak, San Diego. What the <laughs> hell? Well, they always start off. Mind you, Wednesday's the first day, so Thursday's usually a slower day. I'm kind of impressed that they have a couple bigger, uh, like moderate-sized ones, at least, I should say. Because also on Thursday at 1.30, also in Hall H, Teen Wolf the movie. So uh, Teen Wolf series creator Jeff Davis, as well as co-stars uh, Tyler Posey and Tyler Hoechlin, have even more to reveal about Paramount Plus's upcoming Teen Wolf feature that will transport audiences back to the town of Beacon Hills. I know that you have, uh, we're all fans of the original uh, Teen Wolf. I know I have seen some of the episodes. It's not really in our relevance, but hey, they're coming up, showing up at Hall H. What do you got, Diesel? Paramount coming in hot with all the crappy IPs. <laughs> oh, Diesel. <laughs> I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, we'll, we'll hit you off with one of our favorites from the wrestling show. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. I don't know what you're talking about. Teen Wolf 2 was amazing. Jason Bateman's the shit. Now. <laughs> Let's fast forward into something that we got a uh, premiere t- teaser trailer for this past week. But we're going to see in Hall H on Friday, July 22nd at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Uh, the massive cast of Amazon's The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power will join showrunners J.D. Payne, Patrick McKay, and executive producer Lindsay Weber to dig into the legends of Middle-Earth's Second Age. I know you're waited on bated breath for this. I'm so thrilled for this. I can't wait. Oh, my God. Oh, Yes. Please. You know what? So, all seriousness, though, I'm really shocked no. that they put out that teaser trailer yeah, I, this week, I, knowing that they were going to Hall H. Because they're stupid. <laughs> it's Amazon. Yeah, well, because they're stupid. Let's, oh, let's give it... Like, no, you needed to wait. Yeah, I, I, it's weird. Say what you will, but Amazon... This is what you think of when you think San Diego Comic-Con. Amazon coming in hot with Lord of the Rings. Not my thing. I hate Lord of the Rings. But it's going to be a massive show. No, oh, it is going to be. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll end up watching it, but... I, I have my reservations. It may actually... I don't know if it's going to pan out as big as they want it to. Because, I mean, in between in between the last set of movies, Game of Thrones was a thing. Yeah, I, that's one thing. I don't think it's going to be Game of Thrones numbers. By the and, way, and I, think I that's also want. want to point out... And I never watched Game of Thrones. So. We'll go back to Game of Thrones in a minute. Uh, but I have to make an announcement because Marvel is making its first appearance at Hall H at 1145 Pacific Time on Friday with What If, which is just the beginning of Marvel Studios' big push into animation. And the series' second season, along with new shows like X-Men 97 and Marvel Zombies, are what uh, are what department head Brad Winderbaum and head of visual development Ryan Mendering will be digging into here, considering how long the panel is and that this is the studio's first time back presenting at San Diego Comic-Con in years. There's a chance even more new animated projects might be announced ahead of the weekend's live action news, which we'll get to that about Saturday. By the way, it should be noted, this panel goes from 11.45 a.m. Pacific time to 1.15 p.m. Pacific time at an hour and a half which is longer than most of the panels that only stay at an hour. Here we go. This is, remind you, Marvel's first foray into Hall H, not the big one, which we'll talk about shortly, but this is the animated version. I know we were fans of their animated shows. What are you thinking about this uh, first foray only for animated, Ron? I think they're going to give, and the reason why I think it's an hour and a half is you're getting the first episode of the What If Season 2. They're going to actually show the whole episode. Could be, could be. Because I, I think it's going to, pop up on Disney Plus like within a week afterwards because I'm 90% sure it's completed. Uh, X-Men 97 it's they, they don't need to show anything other than hey it's here look we got this 
What about Morph? Ah, dude, Morph is amazing. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait <laughs> yeah, for that. Yeah, so, I mean, this is fine. I think you're, we're getting a full episode. I think the people are going to get their full episode of What If, or it might be 90, X-Men 97, but I think it's going to be What If. And like I said, I after this, I go, I bet you it's on Disney Plus within, I'm going to guess a week after it's there. Yeah, I think you're going to see some some pretty cool stuff coming out of this because uh, they have a lot of plan. Right after that in Hall H at 1.30 p.m. Pacific time, The Walking Dead is going to be at Hall H. They have no description. So that means they're just going to surprise everybody. Well, because the, the things have changed. So oh, true. I, like I, Which is fine. I'm, I'm not knocking uh, The Walking Dead as I tapped out years ago just because it, it just got repeated to me. But they a lot of things changed. Like if you were paying attention to it, like some actors aren't coming back. They're changing stories. So I don't think they know exactly what they want to show yet. I mean, I know it's coming and they're going to have an idea, but that's my take. Probably. Uh, next up, and that's because I'm interested, and I know that you guys have some interest in it. At 3 p.m. in Hall H, Berserker. Uh, Berserker co-creators Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent, along with screenwriter Mattson Tomlin and Boom Studios editor-in-chief Matt Gagone, will come together to talk about the breakout comics future as well as share details about its upcoming film adept- adaptation. Sorry. Diesel, how are you thinking about the the Berserker comic, which has gotten a lot of rave reviews, especially for Boom Studios? Yeah, yeah. that sounds pretty cool. And like this is one of the smaller ones I would see for Hall, Hall H, H, but it's got Keanu Reeves, so that automatically just bumps the stock rate up. Keanu! So yeah. Not to mention, I'm hoping we get some casting news out of uh, yeah. the Berserker movie because yeah. that is definitely going down. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to point out, and it does not have a description, which means they're surprising people, but I want to bring it. It's not going to be on Hall H, but in the Indigo Ballroom at 5 p.m. Pacific time, Archer. Ooh. So I knew that would pique your interest. There is no, I can't tell you what they're doing, so it's a surprise. I know one year they did, because um, it's on one of the DVDs, um, they act out an entire episode, and it's pretty hilarious. Nice. Hopefully it's something cool like that, but yeah, they're definitely doing something in the Indigo Ballroom, so... Check it out. I'm sure that'll make its way to the internet. Let's go to Saturday because this is the heavy hitter day. This is where we're going to spend most of our time, folks. And the first people to come to uh, Hall H on Saturday is Warner Brothers Theatrical Showcase at 10.15 Pacific Time. Here is the description from San Diego Comic-Con. Dwayne, Johnson, Zachary Levy, and a number of surprise guests are heading... Uh, headlining the production studio's big showcase of its upcoming theatrical projects like Black Adam and Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Though the Warner Brothers planned panels for both Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, starring Jason Momoa and Amber Heard, and The Flash, starring Ezra Miller, have been canceled. There's a chance footage from those films might be shown here as well. Uh, left that alone. Obviously, we know they're going to show something for Black Adam, which comes out in October. I'm assuming we're going to see our first look at Shazam!, which comes out right after that Fury of the Gods. So let's take those off the table because we know we're going to get those. What else do you think Warner Brothers is going to give us? Mind you, this is all speculation. What else do you think Warner Brothers slash DC in the film department, live action department, are going to give us at San Diego Comic-Con? I will go first. I think that they know their back's against the wall with Marvel coming later in the day, and we're definitely going to spend a lot of time on that. I think they have to come correct and come big. Remember when everything was digital, and everything came up and Marvel announced some things. They hit us with, uh, you know, with the DC fandom. They hit us with the uh, Batman trailer when they only had 25% of the movie shot. I'm thinking that they have to hit us with a teaser trailer or some kind of news for either the Arkham Asylum show or the Penguin Crime show coming to HBO Max uh, because both of them are coming next year. 
So I'm assuming they're going to do something for that because they know they have to get something in there, and that is probably the biggest thing they have unless they announce the date for the next Batman movie. Okay, let me see that. Um, I think they're going to do Blue Beetle. Yes. Because that's, that's filming now. Um, and the other thing is Batgirl. Because they're, yeah. they're switching that to a movie and possibly theatrical release. Yes, so they I saw need that. they need to push that. So I think we'll see uh, Michael Keaton as Batman. Ooh, okay. As that's the big push. get the little to get the little yes. scene there, so we can see that in person. Uh, Diesel, <laughs> they're just gonna get outshined. Like I don't, don't even show up. You can't get hurt if you don't show up, DC. Yeah, like the <laughs> because if you're relying on Batgirl, you've already failed. I don't care if you get oh, Michael Keaton in. You're gonna fail. Well, the. The new person that's in charge of the DC EU, I guess, whatever they want to relabel it as, like he wants everything, like he doesn't want this multiverse crap anymore. Yeah. He wants everything together. The Batman's going to be the only side thing, and then everything else is going to link together. So, A, we're losing, you know, they're not going to show Flash or anything because that went off. Uh, they might be adjusting Aquaman to fit this new idea. Because of the, Possibly. the Discovery Channel, the Discovery buying them out, so it, it it's going to be a hiccup. It's going to be a bad hiccup. Like it, it, it is. So I think they should just lean into it. Keep doing the Aquaman and keep doing the Flash panels. Be like, hey, we know well, this is a train can, wreck. They already canceled those. So. Oh, no, 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 I'm no. just saying they do them though. They just be like, you know what? You're going to ask. Let's just talk shit about Amber Heard and that batshit crazy person. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be the most entertaining thing that happens over the course of the week. And what else do you got? You, you're relying on Batgirl and Blue Beetle. That's kind of rough. Ready for this? I am agreeing with you. Thankfully for them, they have already announced that The Rock is going to be there, so that gets them a little bit of buzz because yeah. The Rock is the biggest star in yeah. Hollywood, let's be honest. Uh, but I'm going to go... I'm going to agree with you completely. They probably shouldn't even have done anything because we know that the return later, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, give me a second, of Marvel to Hall H is going to be like... A, I've said it to you guys. It's going to be like a nuclear bomb gets leveled. And we'll talk about it in depth in a second. But the only big thing you have is the Batman. And so at this point in Juncture, I really feel like you have to announce those shows, maybe some clips from those shows, and maybe even a date for the next Batman movie. Be, or at least a, a, a roundabout. Like, okay, fall of 2024 or whatever. Because at this point in Juncture, if you're showing up, you can't just get your shit completely pushed in. And we know Marvel's coming, correct? Which we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, before we get to Marvel, let me go over uh, three real quick because I want to. We'll just get our takes on all three of these. All in Hall H uh, at 1130, and this is where we were talking about the Lord of the Rings thing. House of Dragon takes over Hall H. George R. R. Martin and basically the entire cast and creative team behind HBO's Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon will take over Hall H to discuss the upcoming series. It's story of the legendary Tarjan family at the height of their powers. I said that wrong, but I didn't watch the show. Uh, the other two that I want to talk about, and we're going to lump together at 12.45, also in Hall H, Star Trek Universe. The stars and executive producers of Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Lower Decks, and Star Trek Strange New Worlds are coming together to talk about the most recent seasons of their series and what's for them all in the beloved sci-fi series. Last but not least... Uh, of the three that we're talking about lumping together. The Sandman takes over 2.30 p.m. Hall H. The stars and producers of Netflix adaptation of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman sit down to share details and answer questions about the new show. Let's get uh, opinions and takes on all three of those because they're kind of smaller for us. I understand there's a lot of Game of Thrones fans out there. That's awesome. I know you guys are probably waiting for it. We None of us watch Game of Thrones. I do know it's a big deal. I'm expecting some huge shit coming out of that, especially since Amazon Prime the day before is going to announce Lord of the Rings, and I think that the Game of Thrones people want to be like, hey, you once owned fantasy, 
but we fucking own that shit now. Uh, so I'm expecting something huge out of that. Maybe some kind of surprise fucking first look, something like that. Uh, Star Trek, I don't know what to expect. Uh, hopefully another season of Picard. Because I, I thought yeah, that was pretty good. I did check yeah, that out. Yeah. And the Sandman, I'm interested to see whatever yeah. I can see about that. I love the casting. So yeah, hopefully yeah, the yeah, casting yeah. crew is there. Because that yeah. would be awesome to get to hear them. Because we know they've already given out that information. Starting with Diesel, any thoughts on those three items? All three? None of them are like major. Well, Game of Thrones is major. But, dude, going back to DC, you're going to get outshined by fucking Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, the Sandman, I'm, I'm excited yeah, about. so am I. Uh, but the Game of Thrones, I never got into it, but I know that's huge, and people are super excited for you know this. And um, the third one was uh, the third one was oh, the Sandman. No, no, Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Trek. Um, dude, like Star Trek's been hitting some home runs. I don't watch it, but I know Picard's been getting solid reviews. Picard's Lower Deck, that I hear, is really entertaining. Like. These are all major franchises, and this is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Ron, you got anything to add? Uh, pretty much. Uh, we'll get. They're supposedly casting for Kirk in Strange New Worlds for season could be, two. Could be. So we'll probably get maybe that. get the casting for it. Yeah, get that. I don't think I don't remember if they picked anybody yet or not because I didn't want to spoil. It. So that's going to be the big thing for that Picard season three. I'm ninety percent sure from my understanding that it is definitely happening. Um. You know, Sir Patrick Stewart is amazing, but he ain't getting any younger, so they're going to have to push this quick. Uh, when it comes to Game of Thrones, like I said, never watched it, you're going to get the trailer. They're, they're going to do it right. They're going to put the trailer out there. The only good, you know, besides Shazam, the only good DC property coming out is Sandman. You know, they're going to get outshined by their own you know, own, own take, but I, I'm all in. Like I said, I watched, or I read the comics when I was younger. I didn't really understand them at first. Because my buddy was really in, into it more than I was, but then I went back and went through and went, damn, these were really well done. Like, the, the story's really good. So I'm really excited to see this. Well, we got there, guys, because it's time to talk, and this will be the last subject, of course, for Nerd News, and of course, for San Diego Comic-Con Preview, if you will. Marvel Studios Theatrical Showcase takes place at 5 p.m. Pacific Time in Hall H. It is the much-anticipated return. We'll talk. Here's the exact description from the website. Marvel Studios head Kevin Fahey will return to Hall H for the first time since 2019 to share details about multiple upcoming projects, many of which have already been announced. While it's expected that projects slated for release in the near future like Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and the Marvels will be discussed in some detail. It's very likely that Fahey will also have news to share about unannounced projects that will shape Marvel Studios Phase 5 and beyond. Uh, I'm going to just go on the limit and kind of get some checkouts and then I, I get you guys' takes. Yes, I think we're going to see a, uh, I think we're going to see a trailer for Black, Ma Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a full trailer or teaser. Either way, I think we're going to get our first look at it. That is the next movie up for Slate, so I think that if I were going to go uh, with like our friends the ODPH, I think that's a lock. Yes. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, they'll probably talk about it. I don't think we're going to see a first look at it at all. I, think I don't will. know if they want to spoil it. I think we will, only because of uh, it got moved to we got switched with the Marvels. Right, I so agree. it's coming out first, so I think we'll get something. Maybe, maybe. But I'm just saying, if you're going to show the one trailer, maybe not show the other one. That's how my logic is, but they might go hard. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't think they're going to really touch no. upon that at all because you don't need to. Although, I do think they're going to mention the live-action uh, Christmas special. That is coming out in this December. So I'm assuming we'll hear something about that. They're not going to show anything. They'll probably no. just mention it. And as far as the Marvels go, 
I'm sure that because uh, Ms. Marvel just wrapped up yeah. and they're going there, there's going to be some talk, but I don't think that they're yeah. going to go on it too long because unlike other people, I don't really think they're going to, and I'm not going to give the spoiler for those who haven't read, yeah. seen it yet, I don't think they're going to continue on the spoiler from the end of Ms. Marvel. I don't no. think that we're going to get any announcement as far as that's concerned. No. I don't think that we're going to, I think that uh, the Marvels will be where that plays out. Yes. And if you guys know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry if I'm talking in circles, I just don't want to spoil it. I know Ron does, and I'm assuming Diesel might know. If not, I'll tell you off air. No, no. I just don't want to spoil it for other people who yeah. have not seen it, because I don't do those things. No, no, I, but I do, I'm just going to go out there for the people who are getting what I'm saying I am absolutely saying that they're not going to mention no. anything about it no especially after it just wrapped there's no reason yeah. but I can say this from our talks earlier I can say this for sure I think it's almost a lock that they will be giving the full casting for the Fantastic Four and possibly the release date of the movie and the reason I say this is because there is a heavy rumor going on right now that we are going to get a member of the Fantastic Four Mr. Ben Grimm showing up in the She-Hulk series I've heard a lot of scuttlebutt about, oh, they're going to hold off until D23 for the announcement for the Fantastic Four. The problem with that is if Ben Grimm is in She-Hulk, which the heavy rumors, and it's coming from reputable sites, which, once again, it could still be wrong because we know Marvel does a good job of fucking with people. But coming from reputable sites, we're seeing that Ben Grimm is getting brought up. There's no way in hell they're going to announce Ben Grimm on fucking She-Hulk. They're going to get the Hall H moment. And I'm pretty sure... The John Krasinski, like I said, I'm going to say it on this. I am 90% sure that John Krasinski is Reed Richards, which makes me about 80% sure the Sue Storm is played by Emily Blunt. Yes. Which then means that we have half the cast already. Once again, that could change, but those are my percentages. I'd like to table that thought before we go on to another thought that's coming there. What are you guys thinking of the likelihood that the Fantastic Four will be announced at San Diego Comic-Con? I believe I believe it is because uh, they're coming with it all. Like there's no reason to wait until D23. They they're with this whole thing about Ben Grimm the thing showing up in She-Hulk. I go the question is what is it? Is it is it Ben Grimm or is it going to be the thing? Like cuz it could be just the introduction to Ben Grimm and then you know then we f- see the actor playing Ben Grimm. You know there's there's a hundred different people out there that you you you, you turn up any you know, website, there's, oh, so-and-so's playing Ben Grimm. So-and-so's playing Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm. So-and-so's playing the thing. Like, there's like a hundred of them now. So we're going, you're definitely going to get that. If if they wait until D23, then what's what's the point? Because that mi- comes out after She-Hulk debuts. Yeah. yeah. That would be a big uh, guess. Diesel, uh, what are your thoughts about Fantastic Four at San Diego Comic-Con? Yeah, I think the Fantastic Four is the biggest thing Marvel has in the pipeline currently. So they're going to do this at Hall H. Um, I mean, we got Wakanda Forever coming up, which is going to be huge. So they could just rely on that, but I think they got to give us Fantastic Four. Listen, Marvel likes to destroy San Diego Comic Con. There's no way they're coming with just one big news. I do. I will say this: they are probably going to make it official there because Variety and the Hollywood Reporter are already uh, reporting. So I'm assuming it's true that uh, Charlie Cox and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio are going to be in Echo. Reprising the Daredevil and yeah. Wilson Fisk role. We've already seen Wolf, Wilson Fisk back. Uh, so, therefore, I have no problems thinking that's going to happen. I think that is a lock. Uh, I think they'll probably mention that at the at San Diego Comic-Con because it's something that the fans love. I would be interested to see because there's another heavy rumor, but less reliable sources, that Jessica Jones, Kristen Ritter, could be in the She-Hawk series as well in a cameo appearance. 
And then they're also saying that she could be a part of Echo as well. If that's the case, I think that that would be the perfect place to announce that. Because the fans of the smaller stuff, because let's be honest, that Daredevil universe, there's a lot of fans out there. That's big news for us. Yeah. I'm really hoping that we hear something more about that Blade project. Yeah. And I was talking to Ken M from the ODPH last night when we were watching wrestling. And I'm going to say, me and him came to the same agreement. How funny would it be if they were like, oh... Well, here's a trailer because we already shot the fucking movie and it's hitting Disney Plus in two weeks. Yeah, I can see that. That's something, or or hey, today it's hitting, or tomorrow. There's That's some shit that they yeah. could pull that they've never done before. I can see that. That could be interesting because think about it. Everybody's focused on everything else. We haven't heard anything about the Blade movie. They could just be like, it's done. It's in the canon. It's all ready to go. Or they could just tell us finally a date. Yeah, that. there's also rumors of Werewolf by Night because that logo showed up. So, you know. They were doing a Halloween special for that, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. So, like I said, that just, that's speculation huge. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of, and for D23, if you think that Marvel doesn't have enough in the tank to just get through both, let's be honest. D23, that's why I'm, I'm assuming that there won't be a Quantum Mania trailer, because I feel like they'll save that for D23. Because they, okay, they usually like to do one big trailer. And Wakanda Forever is the next on the docket, and everybody's wondering about it. I think they're going to hit us with a beautiful trailer. And yeah. the one thing that we know from watching the first Black Panther movie is that they made that gorgeous. Yeah. So this is going to be breathtaking. And maybe give us a clue of where they're going in the Black Panther world. Uh, so I think Quantumania won't come up. The other reason why they're being protective of Quantumania is because it's not a big secret out there. And this is one of the things that... that I love nerd culture. I love all you guys. I love us all. <laughs> but when we, we, we tend to speculate on shit that we already know. And we were told a long time ago by Kevin Fahey that the first appearance of Kang the Conqueror was going to be in Quantum Mania. That's another reason why I don't think you're going to see that trailer too early because I think they're holding back the Kang image on purpose. True. Okay. Because look at all the buzz it gets. Because everybody, oh, well, why aren't they moving on to Phase 4? Why don't these things have? Listen, just enjoy the fucking movies, guys. Like, once again, if that's if that's what ruined the day for you, that Thor Love and Thunder didn't connect in some bigger way to something, or that Doctor Strange didn't connect in some bigger way to something, or whatever, if that's really your qualms with those movies, I think we're watching movies for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I'm just happy that they're making some badass flicks. Was, was Thor Love and Thunder the best movie they made? No, but it was entertaining as shit, and if you yeah. weren't entertained by it, I'm sorry. I don't understand why. But, once again, your opinion to each their own. Yeah, unless you like the Eternals, then your opinion sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we still respect it. We just look at you differently. <laughs> but yeah. at the same point, you know what I mean? So, like, it's this weird thing that the, everybody likes to argue. When Kevin Fahey has been honest up front when the first time you're going to see Kang is, Kang is probably going to play a role in Loki Season 2 as well. But Loki Season 2 comes out after... Yes. Quantumania for a reason. Also, I think there's a possibility we might get a clip from that because I know they've been filming that. Yeah, so there's a possibility. It's going to be like uh, something funny. It's going to be like like in like a video, like, like welcome to the TVA or whatever. Yeah, it's like, like some fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's going to be a recap through, shown through the eyes of Alligator Loki. I was going to say, you know what they should do? <laughs> All they should do is say, welcome to the TVA and say Loki season two. And then as the camera like change, as, like the screen changes, it's just fucking Alligator yeah. Loki. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, nothing else. Nothing else needs to be said. I, I want a whole spinoff on Alligator Loki. <laughs> Dude, how about we cross realms? How about DC? You need the help. Like Sony needed the help. You reach out to Marvel. And we do a crossover Alligator Loki and Weasel movie. <laughs> the greatest buddy cop thing that nobody yes. knew they needed. <laughs> Diesel's in. Yep. You're in. I'm just saying. All in. Let's make this happen. Uh, 
On top of that, I, I really think that they're going to smash Hall H. There's probably a ton of other things. Is there anything you guys would like to end? Maybe any speculation or anything else you're assuming is coming from Marvel in their time in Hall H? I will point out it is only an hour, but it usually is only an hour for them. An apology for the Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to get it. As a matter of fact, they're moving forward with the second movie. So yeah. <gasps> that is the thing. That is the thing. So uh, by the way, they, they dropped the ball on that thing we were not talking about. Oh yeah. If you yeah, want, yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about it in the Patreon yeah, yeah, break. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just don't want to spoil things. But yeah. the one thing that they dropped about, we've said it before. The Eternals should have set something up. They're setting it up a different way, and I, I think that that was the biggest ball drop that they've ever done. I agree. In my opinion. However, you got any speculations to take us out of here, Ron? Uh, nothing really offhand. It's I, just how everything's set up. It's it, they're going to come hitting hard. I don't think there's really too much to really speculate. Um, maybe if they do pull something. It'll be uh, like a surprise character from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but I don't even think they're touching that. I don't uh, think that they need to yeah, right now. Yeah, th- that's just my take on it. I agree with you. I think that they might announce some more TV products that they're going to do in the upcoming year. There may be an announcement for Thunderbolts. I'm, there may be your, uh, they may give you some concrete for uh, Ironheart, a concrete well, like date for Ironheart. Well, they pushed everything back. So they the pushed everything dates, back. Because the original date for it was supposed to have already come and gone. So the, the whole yeah. point of the matter is, is let's get some... I think we're going to get the updated timeline. Yeah. That's the oh, thing yeah. I'm going to lock in. Yeah. Because the timeline got all fucked up because of the pandemic. Yeah. So I think now we're going to get the updated timeline. So we should lock that in. And I'm just going to say there's these yeah, certain be. things. So there might be the first look at Thunderbolts getting set up. And there might be the first look at when Champions might be upon us. Because I do believe Young Avengers is going to be called Champions. I could see that. Because I think they're going to want to get away from the Avengers name only because the Avengers should be the Avengers. And Kevin Fahey already said there's never going to be another Avengers team. That was it. So how do you get around that with the Young Avengers? You call them by their other name, the Champions. Yeah, I'm good with that. I just want to point out a glaring omission from San Diego Comic-Con, Hall H. Where's James Cameron in all this? (laughs) There was no Avatar thing announced at all, by the way. Uh, Kevin Smith will be in Hall H, though. Yes, uh, Friday night. Friday night is Kevin Smith's night in Hall H. Uh, he's doing the late night gig as he always does. So that's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, the only other thing I can uh, throw out there, Sunday is always a slow day. But uh, Hall H, the biggest thing in Hall H that day will what we do in the shadows. Yep. Yep. Which I do enjoy. So uh, once again, no description. So they're just bringing whatever they're bringing. <laughs> so with that being said, though, uh, keep your eyes posted. I know that I will be probably retweeting stuff throughout the weekend when I have time uh, as it comes up on the Internet. Because you know there's going to be a ton of news coming at you from San Diego Comic-Con starting on Wednesday uh, but the real heavy hitters don't start hitting until a couple on Thursday a couple on Friday and then Saturday's the big boy day it's going to be the big dance I know we're not I know we are all anticipating it here in this room I hope all of you are at home with that being said that wraps it up for this week's edition of the nerd news but we're going to keep it right on moving over to Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Well, we got a little bit of a slower week in the box office. Coming in at number five with $7.6 million, Elvis. Yeah, still, still in there. On number four this week, it's finally made a drop out of the top three, it looks like. Top Gun Maverick with another $12 million. Still making double digits, though. <laughs> Debuting this week, and we'll be talking about this shortly after the break, Where the Crawdads Sing with $17 million. Yes, we're the, the 3FN Movie Club Review of the Week. Minions, The Rise of Gru with another $26 million takes the number two spot. I'm surprised that hasn't made more. Yeah, so am I. I know that they're having issues with the gentle minions and all that, but it's... Eh. 
But they're staying at the top this week, and the people are saying, you know, it's the biggest drop-off in Marvel history. Still a good movie. Thor Love and Thunder with $46 million. Uh, I just don't believe the hype. Come on. It was a good movie. Uh, everybody did a disservice to it by really just shitting on it. Like I said, was it the greatest movie Marvel's done? No. Super entertaining, though, and I would recommend seeing it. Coming out this week, though, on July 22nd, Nope. By the way, that will be next week's 3FN Movie Club review. We will be going to see and reviewing Nope next week on the show. Also coming out, How to Please a Woman. Diesel, you could learn a thing or two. <laughs> he learned Don't. it. Don't. <laughs> he, he learned it with the, where the crowd acts things. Oh! <laughs> he was a very generous lover. And the following week, DC The League of Super Pets. Which we'll also be covering on the 3FN Movie Review for that week. So there you go. Booyaka Shot. You got the next two weeks of 3FN Movie Club reviews coming straight at you. Diesel, there's one more part of this triple stuff, though. And that is this week's top three. So what is it? Plot twist. That's right. Your top three favorite plot twists in a movie. Oh, and oh. there is a plot twist to this, isn't there, Diesel? We're not going to actually say the movie. We're just going to say... No, we're going to say the movie, but we're not going to tell you the plot yeah, twist. Yeah, we're not going to tell you the plot twist. We're, we're not, not going to discuss it. Because it could be a spoiler alert for some. So we're just going to give the name of the movie. If at home you know the plot twist, you'll know. If not... You need to go see the movie to find out the plot twist or look it up. Because we're not going to be spoilers. That is our plot twist yep. for the plot twist. And I have to say, ooh, what a twist. <laughs> By the way, at my number three slot, ooh, what a twist with uh, The Sixth Sense. One <laughs> uh, of the greatest twists of all time. Just going to throw it out there. My number two spot, eking it out. And it is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It is on my must watch for anybody. If you ask me an essential horror movie to see, I will tell everybody this. And I'm not talking about the remake, the original from 1986, I do believe. I could be wrong on the year by a year. And that is April Fool's Day. I still got to watch that. It's You've got told me one of the time. greatest twist yeah. endings of all time watch april fool's day that's my number two and honestly rich has never told me the twist ending i've guessed at it a couple times but he's never told me he tells me to watch it I gotta you know watch why it. because you should watch the damn you know movie. I, I know but it's I, that damn good I, I gotta watch it this weekend and my number one of all time surprising probably some people but not everybody is uh usual suspects yep i yeah, think that's, that's one of the greatest of all time period bar none once again all of those if you want to find out the twist if you don't already know if you know you know if you don't know find out Ron, what's your top three? Yeah, uh, number three, I'm I'm gonna go with us. I mean, I know I know it wasn't like the biggest twist, and it was kind of easy to figure out, but I, I liked how that worked. Okay. Uh, number two, I'm going with Basic. That that was just oh yeah, I, Basic I, was, great. was such a great, good movie, underrated movie, uh, very underrated movie. I have to rewatch. It's been a while, but like that was solid. And I gotta throw in Usual Suspects. That thing number threw, one. That was one of the few movies that threw me off. Diesel. Yeah, we're we're gonna pick up something different because, but. My number one will always be the usual suspects yeah. as well, but we're going to throw in another one in there. So we'll do, that's the number one, bearing the lead on that one. So we'll do an honorable mention, Memento. Ooh, oh, Memento, okay, yeah. very good, very good. Shot really weird and pretty cool plot twist. And then we are going to my love of Edward Norton for two more spots. Oh, yes. We are going with Fight Club. For number okay. three? Technically. Number three. Number three. And number two is one of his earlier movies with a, uh, also starring Richard Gere, Primal Fear. Oh, oh, very good. Oh, very forgot good. about that one. <laughs> By the way, good that, was a, that was a good one, too. <laughs> Honorable mention for me, uh, for just nobody else, Girl Interrupted. Yep. Very uh, good. Yep. Good uh, good twist at the end there. Last Night in Soho wasn't horrible. Last Night was a good, yeah. a good twist at the end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. And, of course, we always want to hear from you guys, so make sure you hit us up on those social medias. Remember, they did change a little bit. At 3FN Podcast on Twitter and TikTok. 
uh, at three FN Pod on Instagram and of course three Fatters Podcast or three FN Podcast on Facebook. Hit us up. Let us know what your top three uh, movie twists of all time were. With that being said, we are going to take a break. When we come back from this break, we are going to chat all about the movie where the crawdads sing as part of the 3FN Movie Club Review. Hey, this is Bill Tash from Obscure Form. You can follow me on Facebook at Obscure Form. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bill Tash. Check me out on Spotify or help me out on Bandcamp at Obscure Form. You are listening to the 3FN Podcast. Review of the week. Of course, this is Carolina by Taylor Swift. T Swift on the show for the first time, probably ever. Am I missing a time, Diesel? It's got to be the first. It's got to be a first. Got to be a first. Of course, this is the uh, inspired by the motion picture where the craw dads sing, and that is the 3FN Movie Club Review of the Week. Nobody can say that we don't cover a wide variety of movies on our movie review podcast. I just want to throw that out there. I just want to throw it out there. Now, at the beginning of this, we did warn you that this is coming from two elder millennials <laughs> and a Gen Xer who are not always PC nope. and are vulgar. So take it for what's worth. We did do our homework, though. We did take my wife to have a female's perspective. So I, at least I got to hear what she wanted. It said as well. On top of that, let's tell you how the review works in case you're new here. We are going to give you uh, all spoiler free first. It's going to be no spoilers. We're going to talk about the synopsis, spoiler-free synopsis of the film. We will then talk about the cast, the crew, all that happy jazz. And then we will give our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation for the movie and why all spoiler-free. Then the spoiler alert will play. And then we will come back from the spoiler alert and spoiler full blow up all of where the crawdads sing. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. So according to Google... This is the official spoiler-free synopsis. Abandoned as a girl, Kaya raised herself in the dangerous marshlands of North Carolina. For years, rumors of the marsh girl haunted Barkley Cove, isolating the sharp and resilient Kaya from her community. Drawn to two young men from town, she opens herself to a new and startling world. By the way, horrible description of this fucking movie. Very true. I thought that that was not good. And that's the official description. That's so bad. Is it? Am I the only person? Are we all no, on the same no, board? Yeah, you're right. Okay. 
All right, here we go. Let's talk about the movie, though. Of course, the movie was released on July 15, 2022. 126-minute uh, runtime distributed by Sony Pictures, produced by Columbia Pictures, 3,000 Pictures, and Hello, Sunshine. Uh, the movie is based on the book, Where the Crawdads Sing, by uh, Delilah sorry, Owens. Uh, the screenplay was done by Lucy Alibar and the directed uh, by Olivia Newman. Cinematography was done by Polly Morgan, edited by Alan Edward Bell. Music was by Michael Dana. And, of course, this movie stars Daisy Edgar-Jones, Taylor John Smith, Harris Dickinson, Michael Hyatt, Sterling Marcer Jr., David Strayhorn, and more. It had a budget of $24 million. Can you guess what its worldwide taken was? Worldwide, I know it made 17 domestically, probably not much more, probably $24 million. Ron? 18 closer 17.2 million so it only made the point two in uh, so yeah yeah not not a very good open but once again this is a one-sided film they were advertising this as i said going into this as the movie that every woman needed to see i'm being serious that was an actual tagline so they definitely kind of alienated part of their audience right away yeah now <laughs> except for us except for us <laughs> by the way in the theater we were in counting the three of us there was probably only two other men so five out of a theater yeah. of easily 60 yeah, 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 and there was a lot of young girls there too. They love that fucking book, man. They love that fucking book. All right, it's spoiler free. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumb down, thumbs down. Rec- recommendation. Wow, I can't even get it out of my mouth today. That's what she said. <laughs> For this movie, spoiler free. Are you ready, Ron? Recommendation. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down, and why? Spoiler free. Thumbs down. Don't even bother. There's a reason why it's only seven. There's a reason why it didn't even make its money back. Doesn't matter if you like the book or not. Diesel. Thumbs down. And if your girlfriend asks you to go, fake appendicitis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make it the trifecta. Thumbs down. I will give it the caveat. If you like the book and you're a female, it might be all right for you. I will say this. My wife also has a thumbs down recommendation. Yes. So a woman did have a thumbs down recommendation. Just throwing it out there. She did want that to be known. So with that being said, without further ado, we are going to play a spoiler alert. So if you have not seen Where the, T- the Crawdads Sing and you want to see the movie and don't want us to spoil it for you, this is your time to stop the podcast, come back after you've seen it, and then finish listening to what we have to say. However, if you don't care about that or, or you've already seen it, you can stay on because the spoiler alert is playing right now. All right, we are in the spoiler zone. We are going to talk the good, the bad, and then we're going to play the game and give our scores. So, are you ready, gentlemen? I'm glad everybody came back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, with that being said, let's talk about the good things from this movie. I will start with one, and we'll kind of pass it around, and we'll uh, play off of it. I thought that this movie had pretty good acting. I I enjoyed the acting of this film for the most part. Uh, There was really only like one or two people that I didn't like their acting, and I think one of them was on purpose, and that was a Chase character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Outside of that, I think everybody else was delivered an amazing acting in this movie. Uh, To go along with that, it did check my other boxes. It was cool, atmospheric. I loved the marshlands of North Carolina. It looked really cool. There's a lot of really cool scenes in it, and and as Diesel had mentioned earlier when we played the music, 
the score was really good in this yeah. movie as well. So it did check those boxes. So I just want to throw that out there that I thought all those things were good. Yeah. Ron, what is something you liked about? What are some things that you liked yeah. about the movie? The, the, the acting all around is was actually really good in this movie. Even Chase, because you literally hate him from the beginning, and like everything that he went, you, you just you. It was just made so you knew he was going to be the bad guy. Yeah, like like it or not, you know. And it it's just the the scene, the scenery, and all that stuff. The choices, places that they did choose to film at and use, like even if it wasn't really in North Carolina, looked beautiful. Yeah, like it was it was really visually pleasing. So that's fine. Um, the pacing was. For a minute, they were good, and then it just dropped. <laughs> oh, you feel every minute of the 126 <laughs> minutes. It is a long movie. It is, it is a long movie. Uh, I will say, for acting, though, big shout-outs to my person. I think it was all of our agreements, personal favorite, to Sterling Marcer Jr., who played uh, uh, Jumpin'. Yes. Uh, uh, we all loved him as an old man. And I've also shout-outs to uh, my, uh, Michael Hyatt, who played Mabel. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. So they had some really good shit there. Those are our two favorite characters from the movie. Oh, just yeah, yeah, out yeah. There. That, that whole scene when the uh, social services was talking to him and he's just playing like solid dumb. And I was like, oh, dude, this guy's just way like this guy is actually amazing. Would you lie to me? No, no sir. No, no sir. sir. I, I, never, I never lie to you. Yeah. Would you lie to me, boy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, no, sir, no, sir. No, 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 I was never lying to you. No. And, and, I love and, how he played out because he didn't talk like that any other no, time. No. Oh, no, that, he did. The one other time when the young kids were in there getting a little rowdy, yeah. he played fucking kind of stupid with them. Oh, how about you take this bottle for free? Yeah, yeah, but he, it, like, it's so good. It's a, it's a solid part of that movie. Oh, yeah, it's epic. I, I love that, uh, that so much. Diesel, what is a like? They knew how to bring the sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? No. <laughs> I, everything that I can but say I think, that I think I think what you should say seriously is that they knew how to bring the humor in a way that it wasn't supposed to be humorful, but it was. <laughs> it was I, I, I just think that we're evil people because there was a scene in the movie where our main character gets attacked by the chase character, and you knew going through this movie based off the trailer that this guy is going to get murdered, and we've already seen it in the beginning of the movie that. It's a flashback to before this guy was murdered. So you knew something's going to happen. He wails off and cracks her a solid one. Like, we're talking a, an 8 out of 10 closed fist, which would have been bad enough. But the crowd reaction, the shock <laughs> and awe gasps from a very female crowd made me bust out laughing and cover my mouth. That's not even the funnier part. The funnier part is when she loses her virginity in a hotel room. And literally, homeboy gets her on the bed, gets on top, doesn't take any clothes off except for the bottoms, which you don't show that. Gives her, like, what is, like, four good thrusts. And then he rolls over and he goes, oh, don't worry. As you do it more, it'll, it'll be better for you. Yeah. Not at four pumps, my guy. <laughs> not at four. I, I was dying laughing. Dude. There, there was a lot of people in that theater that were, did not find it funny. But it wasn't rape. It was consensual. Yeah. And it was fucking hilarious because of that line. Which goes back to the sexy, though, because after that hit, he gets on top of her. <laughs> which we thought he raped her, but he didn't. No, I really I really thought that whole scene. I'm like, oh. Because well, there was a, a little movement, yeah, so I'm we like, thought that, that I'm he like, didn't. I'm like, judging by previous. Yeah, I'm like, he's already two and a half done. It's half done. <laughs> it's over. But no, she cracked him back. And yeah. threatened to kill him. 
Um, before we go any further, I think there's only one more part that we can all agree was good in this movie, and that was the end. I'm not going to talk about that right now because we need to talk about negatives to play into the end. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start off negatives by saying this. This movie, we called it a bait and switch because it was. This movie was two different bait and switches, though. On one hand, you're sold this romance movie. Romantic movie, girl flick, whatever you want to call it, chick flick, whatever it's called. But then you're also sold that it's a crime movie. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is they half-assed the crime, they half-assed the romance portion, and it's like this weird fucking throw shit at the wall hybrid. Am I wrong or am I was I missing something? Yeah, they have way too many little subplots going on because for whatever reason, they have to show the social uh, services people trying to find... Which never pays off. Yeah, never pays off. Just... Don't include it because that's not one of the primary moving forces yeah. of either the storyline for romance it, or the storyline for crime. It you just, just shows the, how act, good acting that guy is. That's all it does. Yeah, it, you didn't need to have that. Right, I agree. It, it does not get resolved. It does not get. It just shows that she's good at hiding, which we already knew. They just have all these little subplots that just made no sense that didn't go to either one of the storylines. If they would have taken a couple of those away and focused on either one of those, it would have been much better. Oh, I agree. Uh, going into it, let's let's just dive in because I think we're going to be finished up here as quick because there's not much to just talk about. Here. We're going to finish up quicker than Chase. Hey, <laughs> so here is one of the the key evidence is we're talking about the crime part because literally this movie could have been a decent crime film mm -hmm. if they would have just stayed with the fucking crime. You could have had the romance involved still. But if you stayed with the crime and the court proceedings and everything going into it with the flashbacks, but you focus more on the things. So here's what happens. So the end of this movie, I said, was good. I enjoyed the twist at the end. I really actually did. So you go through the trial. They're trying to figure out if she killed Chase, which is her boyfriend. Uh, her first original boyfriend, Tate, Tate comes back. There's Chase. Uh, she leaves her. She finds love with Chase, who's a dickhead. Chase, we find out, is engaged to somebody else the whole time, so she's the side bitch. Oh, she finds out, that. tries to leave, She and then that's when he becomes abusive and tries to be rapey, rapey. So she now has finally wrote a book to buy her house. It's a successful book. She's going to meet with the publishers. She then goes to Asheville or Greensville? One of the two. One of the two. Whatever. To meet with these people, which was a decent amount of distance. A couple hours, at least, I think yeah. it was kind of alluded yep. to. Via bus, people see her get on the bus, she goes. So now, when they find the body, this is all coming out in the court case, by the way. There's a lot of flashbacks, but I'm cutting it all out. When they find the body, he's at the bottom of this tower, which has Fire, notoriously tower, been, have, yeah, yeah. but it's been, you know, for, like, it's not in good shape. No. There's been write-ups on it. Yeah. So it could have been an accident. By the way, they never consider it could have been a fucking accident, even though it looks like an accident. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. So anyways, they instantly go after her. There's a red hat involved. It's all this fucking circumstantial bullshit. That, throughout the case, by the way, was awesome as they just get rid of the, the lawyer. Just gets rid of all of it. He's like, no. She was on the bus. She was in Greensville or whatever. Yeah. She was fucking the hat. Well, they spent time together. So they're probably, she was probably wearing the hat. It got on her. Mind you, in one of the flashbacks, we find out that's not how the hairs got on it from the hat. Or at least what we know of it. It was when he got in a fight with Tate. I, I will say it was kind of cool, too, the way they did that. Because in the flashback, they show Tate and Chase fighting. The hat cut, comes off. And then the another person that you think that could have do it, jumping, takes the hat and starts beating it on his chest yeah. to clean it off. And you're just like, all right. So they're just, visually, they're setting up all these possibilities. Yes. And they also show Tate giving the hat previous to anything happening 
to Kaya. Yeah. So it makes great sense in the flashbacks. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. However, so we get to the end of the movie. They've kind of beaten it down. We have all the court things. Not guilty. Not guilty. Marsh Girl's not guilty. Marsh Girl's not guilty. Great. Justice is done. So then after that, instead of giving us a post thing, this is where they failed, but we'll go back to it. We get a montage, for lack of better term, of Tate and Kaya getting old together. Getting married. Getting old together. Not getting we, married. Well, yeah, sorry. They're, they're married. They're married like geese. They're still fucking married. However you want to cut it. In their own way, they're married. But anyways, her brother and his wife visiting. Uh, then she's writing more and more books. She becomes this famous author. We get the death scene. Well, did we go to the funeral of Jumpin', which was the only sad part of the film. Because uh, Mabel made me almost made me cry. And then they get to being older. And she's still doing her thing. And she's going out in the swamp. And then she sees the vision of her mother. Because her mother who left and never came back. She sees the vision of her mother. And that's the cue. She dies. Of course, they show Tate, old man Tate come out. And she's dead in the bow. And ah. So then we get to him cleaning up her house. Their house. And packing things away. And as he's going through a book, he flips through this book for whatever reason. Don't give you a reason why he's flipping through. And he finds, because during the trial, we find out that the one thing missing from Chase is this shell necklace that the killer must have taken, but nobody could find it in her house. Nobody else seen it, but the killer must have taken it, right? That was the whole linchpin. In the back of this cutout book is the fucking necklace. So she did it. She killed him. Yeah. No, well, it's a picture of Chase. She drew. Yeah, and then and then, and then behind that, and was the, there was a message of never again or some bullshit yeah. like that. And then there's that. So he instantly goes, "Oh, she killed him," <laughs> and that's it. That's the movie. Now, mind you, they could have like shown us either a blurb there of how she did it, or throughout we could have after she got proven not guilty. She could, we could have had a scene if it was a real crime movie where her and Tate are older and she tells him the whole story before she dies. Yeah, because. It did a big disservice to how it happened because they did such a good job of going, well, she couldn't have taken the late bus back because nobody saw her, including the bus drivers. And she couldn't have taken the early bus back because no driver saw her. Nobody saw her. Yeah. So if if she did so, either of them, they would have seen her, which is the linchpin of the movie. So how the fuck did she get back like two hours to murder yeah. somebody? There's no explanation. Yeah. And, and especially you know, in this small town that they have 24-hour bus service. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, the lawyer did such a great job explaining how this is impossible yeah and then the, it's what happens i'm not, she, I'm not she, even improbable yeah. it's impossible he <laughs> explains how it's impossible and it is unless she's wearing a disguise so show her wearing the disguise sneaking back in town how did she lure chase up to the tower then murder him then wipe down all the evidence take the necklace make it back in town in the disguise get back up there and be all bright i did cheery didn't breakfast with the gay um Book a producer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they in the beginning they kind of showed you caught her that too. Com- they did the ye old gay yeah. thing. Oh yeah, yeah they did stuff. without a doubt. But in the beginning, they tried to show when she was taking Tate to the house for the first time. She was covering up their tracks because you didn't want. Well, I agree, but once again, so, they showed all this circumstantial shit, yeah. and that's fine because there's a red herring. But if you're doing, and that's perfect in a crime movie, right? Because yeah. they also teased that her brother had come back into the picture so like her brother who was in the military could have done it Tate was back in the picture who had a fight with him so Tate could have done it so we're all led to believe Tate did it jumping could have done it even Tate's father could have done it there's so many fucking red herrings including her that it would have made a perfect true crime film if you will and what they then did was they dropped the fucking ball and just went no we're not going to show anything about the crime Yeah. Yeah. so the ending was cool that it was her in the essence of, oh, shit, she did kill him and got away with it. However, show us what happened. Because that would have been a better movie than what we fucking saw. Yeah. 
And then, my point. Then the illusions that you use with the animal kingdom and you know how, how why she murdered because they did that firefly thing. They have two lights. Yeah. One to attract a mate and one to attract other males so they can sustain their young. So they talk about that during that little end montage thing. That voiceover carries over and you're just like, all right, I get it. So you attracted your mate, Tate, who ghosted you for five years, mind you, but you took him back, you dumb broad. He comes back around. The guy gets abusive. Your firefly instinct is to kill him to sustain your young? That's not sustaining your young. Because they never have children. Yes. They, they never have children. <laughs> it was just weird. Like just They use all this weird animal kingdom type shit that made no sense. Well, it was, it's, it's, it was euphemisms for what happened, but it still didn't pay off because they didn't really show us. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know. And then, and then Tate just... Being like, oh shit, I, yeah, gotta, I a- gotta go take this she shell and get rid of it before somebody else finds it. You know, on a, on a case that's already shut and closed, yeah. the double jeopardy would definitely apply to. Yeah. That's what pissed me off, too. Double jeopardy. That's the movie the trailer portrayed it was going to be like double jeopardy. Yeah. I'm thinking it's gonna be like this weird court drama where did she do it? Didn't she do it? You're gonna be led to think that Tate did it, jumping did it, yeah. somebody else did it. And then if, when you get the reveal, you're gonna get the payoff, and you got no payoff. Yeah. And ne- oh, no. And never get- told the lawyer. But the, you know what the funny part is? Is that the directors and screenwriters did a great job of giving you the red herrings and yeah. setting that up, and then nothing. Yeah. And that's why it failed as a romance movie because it really wasn't. It failed as a women's empowerment movie because it wasn't. Yeah. Just and it failed as a crime movie because at the end of the day, that was the closest thing it should have been and could have been. But they didn't give you what you actually needed to make it a successful crime film. And then they just added in all these scenes that were unnecessary trying to pull at your heartstrings. That's what annoyed me because I cry at most movies. The jump in funeral scene should have got me, but it made no sense for the story. Yeah. And it's like, I see what you're trying to do. And it's pissing me off. Yeah, there was, there was no no reason. Like, yes, he was older. He, like, they didn't need to show him. Yeah. Like, they didn't show the lawyer dead. Like, yeah, they didn't show the lawyer dead. They didn't show Mabel yeah, dying. Yeah. Like, that that should have that been the... Yeah. Jumping right. should have lived. Mabel should have died. All right, nerds. Is there anything else you want to go in closing before we go play the game? I'm good. All right. I'm going to let you know this is going to be a difficult one for you guys. But guess what? It's time... It's time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game, of course. Before we give our scores, we're going to get the scores around the internet, but we're going to have fun doing so. It is really Price is Right rules. That means closest without going over gets the point. If we need the tiebreaker, which we probably will this week, it could be worth two points. It's also closest to the number because we don't do fucking ties here. Of course, Pat, last week, Ron finally climbed that mountain and took the title back from Diesel, who had clinched it for over a month. Can he regain? Can he keep the title? Can Diesel regain the title? We're about to find out. I'm going to tell you guys right up front. This is going to be one of the hardest weeks that you've ever gone. Because <laughs> throw logic out the fucking window, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Ron, you don't go first because I'm used to that. Yeah, I know. you're the champion. Diesel, since so he's the defending champion, you go first. IMDb, out of 10 using points, what did they give? Where are the crawdads saying? Uh, an even five. Six. Ron. six. Ron says six. You say five. Survey says Ron gets the point. 7.1 out of 10. Wow. Right. Okay. Next up, Ron. Rotten Tomatoes out of 100%. What did they give? Where the craw dad sing? By the way, it's combined score. 42. Diesel. <laughs> it can't be that high because... 
one point. Oh, he's I'm doing going the, to the uh, I'm doing the uh, under. By the way, it pays off because you get the point. It was 36%, Shit. so you were bust. Ooh, okay. So, right now. Yeah, I, we're all over the map. It's closest to this number. It's down to this. There is not a fourth. So, this is it. <laughs> Google users. Google users. <laughs> Out of 100% diesel, what did Google users give where the crawdads sing? 85 Ron. 75. Ladies and gentlemen, we do have a winner. Your winner. And still champion, Diesel, 89%. Oh, no, no. no, no, no. New. new new champion. And new new champion. champion. And new. Sorry, and new. I, 89%. For some reason, your streak kept me giving you thinking <laughs> that you were the winner. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. You're right. You did have the championship for one week, though. I might 89%. have to put a thing on the board. Yeah. 89%. I, I, I couldn't go higher. No. I, couldn't, I could not go higher. It's insane. I don't know who chose that, but it wasn't me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. It is now time to give the nerd score. Of course, the nerd score is a conglomerate of three different scores that we do here. I will also give my critic score at the end, but the nerd score is one part critic score, one part entertainment score, and one part our opinion or suggestion score, if you will, because it really is our suggestion whether you should see a film or not. Once again, these are our opinions. You can agree with us, you can disagree with us, but that is all they are, our opinions. Everybody is entitled to them, and we don't judge anybody for their opinions. We might disagree with you, but we don't judge you for them. Here we go. The nerd score goes as follows. A one is just no. That means you should never see it, never watch it. It's horrible. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not terrible, but it's also not good. You probably shouldn't waste your time watching it. A three is, ah, it's good. You know what that means? That means that it's an average film or slightly above average. It's decent, but you should probably not spend money on it in the theater. You probably shouldn't rent it. Probably should just wait till it comes to a streaming service near you and get it that way or spend as little money as possible because it's not really that important to see. A four is just take my money. And it means just that. That means go see it in the theater. Spend money on it. Spend money on renting it. It is worth spending money, maybe even buying because it's a very good to great movie. And then last but certainly not least is the rarefied air, and that is certified nerd at the five spot. Those are the instant classics. Those are the movies that go on to live in infamy forever in all of movies. Uh, things like Jaws, things like Halloween, most recently The Batman, Spider-Man No Way Home. Diesel himself just thought Thor Love and Thunder was a five. Me and Ron both said it was a, a not, but he thought so. It, opinions change even in this room. Here it comes. Nerd score. Starting with Ron, what was your score for Where the Crawdad Sing? This is a two. Like, I get it. Some people are going to get stuck watching this thing. Uh, I gave my buddy the whole rundown. I'm like, and he's just starting to talk to a new girl. Like, like, well, and he's like, I think she wants to go see it. I'm like, do whatever you can to get out of it, dude. Whatever. <laughs> it ain't worth it. Ain't no pussy good enough to keep my mind off my business. Oh, you ain't getting pussy if you take your bitch to see that either. hi <laughs> Diesel. All right. So I'm also at a two. I can't give it the honor of being a one because it's not that memorable to be a one. Oh, see, that was my problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. In, I'm also going to agree. It's going to be a clean, clean sweep of twos. You've been warned. Uh, the problem, the biggest problem that I have with this movie going into my critic score is going to be this. This movie didn't win on anything. It wasn't a bad, terrible movie, but it wasn't a good movie either. It was just there. It was a movie that literally was just there, and that's why I've been checking around my uh, credit score. By the way, my wife agreed with the two on the nerd scale. Yep. 
And she also agreed with my score because I told her my critic score. My critic score of this movie is actually a three and a half. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. And I know there's some people out there that think this movie is great. And that's fine. Once again, you're entitled to your opinion. You like what you like. I like what I like. We can agree to disagree. And we don't, we, you know, we don't play those stupid fucking games. We were not the target demo for this. Oh, we we fully not. know this. But my wife also thought it was a three and a half out of ten. <laughs> and she also thought it was a two just like us on the nerd scale. So you've been warned is what it is. I wish I could say something was something different. But, uh, yeah, I just... And the, and the primary reason, and I know we didn't talk about it during the thing because I was going to save it for my review, but you said it all, Diesel. This movie just isn't memorable. There's nothing that goes, okay, this movie was great. Like, you can't, you can say, oh, the app, see, think about it. It checks some of the boxes that we go for for our critic scores. The atmosphere was cool. The music was cool. The, you know, all that's, you know, the acting was good. But there was no sustenance. It never paid off. Everything it tried to do never paid off. There was no, like, it, it's just weird. It was a movie that had a million fucking directions. Yeah. It tried to be three different movies, and, and it didn't succeed in any one. The closest it came to was the crime one, but then it dropped the ball and didn't give you the payoff. So it just never succeeded anywhere. That's just my opinion. So three and a half out of ten is my credit score, and all the nerds have given it the you've been warned two out of five on the nerd scale. With that being said, though, thank you guys for tuning in. Next week's 3FN Movie Club review will be... For the brand new Jordan Peele movie, Nope, we're seeing it this week. We'll be reviewing it next week for your auditory pleasures. But it is now time to pay some bills. It is now time that we shameless plug. And that means if you can hear my voice, that means you know how to find us. Do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. Tell them to type three fat nerds into any podcast provider out there. And booyah kashad, that's where we are. Of course, it is the number three, not the word three for everything we talk about. Also, while you're there, make sure you smash that like or subscribe button so you get our show delivered to you automatically each and every week. And can we bother you to give us a five-star review on your favorite podcatcher? Because it really helps us. It means the world to us. It costs you nothing. And we love you so much for it. We're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review. Help us spread the word of nerd. We are on Twitter and TikTok at 3FN Podcast. And we are on Instagram at 3FN Pod. Remember, for all the social medias, use the hashtag 3FN Pod whenever talking about the show. Hey, did you love this crappy movie? Do you, did your uterus get wet for this? Yeah, email us 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. That's right, and I got the double duties here. First of all, make sure you're following us over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 607 podcast, especially if you're a wrestling fan, because every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M. from the ODPH podcast talk all things pro wrestling on 607 TWS. Of course, that comes out. You come join the chat, watch it live. You can also watch the replay on Twitch for up to 14 days, since that's what they allow. Or if you prefer podcast form, get it anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 TWS. Plus, we do movie nights and everything else over there on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Make sure you're following us there so you can be up to date on whatever we're doing. Also, if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1 a month, you can do that over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. You get bonus content. You get the show early. You get a couple of extra shows. It's a great deal. We try to give you all we can give you. For as little as $1, you help support the show, and it goes right towards providing you with everything we do. So thank you so much to our patrons over there. And uh, just remember, if you'd like to support the show, Patreon.com slash 3 FN Podcast. All right. Well, here we go. The trial <laughs> run. HTTP colon backslash backslash 3 FN P O D C A S T 
3FNpodcast.com. That's right, 3FNpodcast.com for all things 3FN Podcast. Find out more about the 3FN Podcast and, of course, 607TWS. Also, the links to the Twitch channel there, the links to the Patreon channel, uh, Patreon is there, and the links to our T Public store. Get some swag, help support the show. You can get those links all at 3FN Podcast. Also, bands that support the show with music, check those bands out there. There's some great ones in there. Of course, our friends who provide us with the opening themes of this show, shout out the robots. Check them out. Second Suitor, Tom Jolu, Floodlands. Of course, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, and of course, the Jasons from West Virginia as well. And there's a new band starting up. I think it's Obscure Form is the name. I did not have time to put it in this week. I will be putting it in next week's show. Uh, so you guys are going to want to check them out. I'm going to be adding them to the website and everything else. They're fucking awesome. They reached out, sending me some music. So I'm nice. always a fan of that. So thank you guys for doing that. Of course, you can find out so much more. Friends of the show, like the ODPH, like Sci-Fi Horror Fest, go to SciFiHorrorFest.com to get your tickets for August 26th and 27th at the Vernon Dallas Casino in Vernon, New York. It's going to be a blast. You'll see the three fat nerds there as well. And of course, last but not least, we have our local sponsors who help us bring you this show each and every week commercial free. Since they do that, we want to give them a shout out though right now. Of course, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. Our good friends at Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events at the store, it's very simple. Just like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them three fat nerds sent you. Ronald! One out of ten stars. I used to absolutely love this movie. Then for some reason, over the years, it all changed. These movies came out the last year I was in high school, and I couldn't be more into it. Everybody was. It was a fun time. I even inspired me to start writing myself. But for some reason, I'm my mid-twenties, the movies changed. I guess I did. And then to my surprise, about ten people that I talked to felt the same way. It really all comes down to Peter Jackson's direction. He is so heavy-handed in everything that he does. There's no subtlety. The camera is always pushed right to the action's face. Anything worth seeing is never subtle or to the background or to the edge of the frame. It gets ex extreme close-up. The acting is terrible. Not the actor's fault because the cast is very good. Yes, even Liv Tyler. But the way that they were directed is terrible. They are inconsistent as hell. When they are happy, they are too happy. When they laugh, they laugh too much. The intensity is too intense. Basically, these are super cheesy. There are They are over-edited and really cheap. I actually went back even 10 years after I realized that I no longer like these to watch. The theatrical cut of Fellowship, hoping to be, be overblown, extended was the problem. But unfortunately, it is not. I wish I could have seen the movie I saw as a teenager. One out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks people. Let them know, Ron. Let them know. Who the fuck complains that the big stuff in a scene is on camera? Jesus Christ. I agree with most everything else, but ooh, something <laughs> important's happening on screen. Well, why is it happening behind him? <laughs> fuck out of here. Well, with that being said, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's show. Of course, we've had a lot of fun. Hopefully you have too. And now it is time to say goodbye to all our company. But remember, next week we will be back at the same bad time, same bad channel for the 3FM movie review. We will be doing Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope. And we'll be talking all the news that comes out of San Diego Comic-Con. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, and lastly, later, nerds. Later. What would have saved that movie was an imaginary friend crawfish that's saying, Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. 
Lord of the Rings just sucks people. The WWW. <laughs>